0: Hey everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Happiness in Humans. My name is Matt Phelan and I'm here with the amazing Cherise Fonts. Um, how are you Cherise? I'm doing really good Matt, how are you? I'm good, thanks for thanks for getting up really
1: early to, to, to record this. Yeah, early is relative. I, I'm actually an early bird though so it's perfect timing. Are you Have you always
0: been an early bird?
1: Yes, my mom has told me that I've always Been an early bird. I was born at like four something in the morning. So I wonder if that plays a part Mm. in it, but I've always been an early riser.
0: There's this massive video on YouTube about how to become an early person. Hmm. And it's this like military guy. And it's like the most watched video. And you get to it and you watch it. And he's just like, if you want to become an early person, you just have to go to bed early. And that's it. (laughs) It's like literally, that's literally his advice (laughs) from the military, which is, which kind of makes sense, doesn't it?
1: yeah, although sometimes I go to bed, I'll go to bed at a ridiculous hour and yeah. I'll still wake up at like five or six in the morning. And by ridiculous, I mean, sometimes I'll go to bed at three a m.
0: yeah, that is ridiculous.
1: <laughs> yeah it's not often. but I think it's all my years of being a mother has conditioned me and also a doula. I just my sleep, um I just need a certain amount of hours, but I always wake up early. Uh, and I,
0: as a, as a father, I have the same thing. Like if I ever actually get to have a night out, I wake up really early and I'm like, I just <laughs> want to be sleeping now. I really want to be sleeping.
1: Yeah. My husband's the opposite. He's great at sleeping in. Oh man.
0: Yeah. That's a great the skill. Awards.
1: So Sharice, please introduce yourself. Yes. So I am Sharice Fonce and, um, in any intro, I like to let people know that I'm human first. Um, and everything that I do after that humanness um, is just aligned with what makes my heart sing, solving what breaks my heart. Um, And so I have written a couple books at this point. I speak about inclusion and culture. Um, I'm a self-taught anthropologist where I study a lot of religions, cultures, and tribes. I have a company that helps create healthy and inclusive workplace cultures and a nonprofit that helps in the isms that are harming our humanity. So I do a lot of different things. And I say that's like my day job and my night job is helping birth babies. So I'm a birth doula and I just help birth babies. And so that is kind of a wide intro of, of what I do. I already said I'm a mother, so I have five amazing little humans and um yeah i'm I really enjoy being uh, in this space and time.
0: Wow, so you're a busy person, Charisse.
1: I'm a very active and fruitful
0: person, yes, <laughs> I like that I like that. um yeah. Charisse, uh, the most important question I have to ask you is what makes you happy?
1: Mm. Life makes me happy. um I have often done a lot of thinking in one of the most quiet places on earth, which is a cemetery. And sometimes I'll walk around and I'll look at the epitaphs on people's graves. And I often think about how, you know, there is no difference between me and that person other than the fact that I get to breathe another day and, Life really makes me happy. Being around life and birth makes me happy. In fact, spring is is coming up around this part um, this weekend. And the first days of spring, just like birth, life, breath makes me happy. Because I know that if there is an opportunity for that, there's, there's more that can be done. The story's not written fully. And that really makes me um, happy to know.
0: And when you say this part, where, where are you in the world? Just so we can picture it. Ah,
1: yes. I am coming to you guys from uh, the beautiful Bay Area, California. Uh most most commonly is like San Francisco, but I'm a little past Oakland in a in a nice city called Concord. Nice. So this is
0: probably the most Californian introduction I've ever had of anyone. <laughs> now, how much of what you've just said is like. Uh, were, you, were you going back to like your mom and, and sleeping were you born like you sound like a philosopher like were you born <laughs> like this or is this is this like part of being living in California and it was it a bit of both T- talk us through that sheise
1: yeah um so if I ask my mom you know what was I like as a little sheise she always says you're the same exact person i and I and I truly am I've always had a fascinate fascination with humans. And i would talk to anyone i was always um praying for people um caring about people um doing things differently and i always was a little weirded out that i was different than everyone else and didn't really understand it but i've always been um this way very inquisitive curious and compassionate towards a lot of different variations of humanity and um so I think as I've gotten older I've the different the difference is I've sat with deeper wisdom and so I love sitting with people that are in their um 80s 90s hundreds just wisdom I love soaking that up um listening to elders listening to uh people's stories um and just understanding that there's a universal language in this world i am a part of that and so however i come forth is me translating that so the answer short answer is yes i've always been this way but it's just uh leveled up in different facets of my being
0: yeah i wonder i wonder if also being naturally being like that and being in a place like california allows you to continue to be like that whereas maybe in, in some other areas in the world that 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 you might not have been able to do that but that's a that's a debate for another day yeah. um so what most what a lot of listeners don't know is that my guests often come up with their questions and sharice wins the award for for best questions because <laughs> we've got some absolutely brilliant questions coming up which so the, these next three questions are all sharice's so what is the one thing you find yourself repeating the most
1: yes so the one thing i find repeating myself the most is just be human just be human you know you know the answers just be human and i find myself repeating that to um anyone that is trying to figure out something very complex, I really do believe that our humanness has the answers, but our humanness also provides um, the ability to overthink certain things and going to the base core of our humanity is where all of the beautiful answers lie. If you have to um, deliver uh, difficult news to someone, you don't need to, Uh, YouTube 18 videos to figure out how to do that. Go to your core of humanness. Because again, there is this universal language that connects us all and it all lies within our humanness. So reminding CEOs, be human. HR, people ops people, just be human. You know, when you're trying to figure out those things that seem complex, there is simplicity in being human. So that is the thing I repeat the most, more so it's be human.
0: I love that and for, for, for regular listeners the, the 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 vision of the happiness index is what we call freedom to be human hmm. so it's it's a world where people feel free to be be able to ask and repeat that and be that so that's wonderful for us to hear so next next brilliant question coming up is there anything you don't like to talk about i didn't even know if this was a question or not when i read <laughs> it back so i look you i feel like i'm being tricked here with this question <laughs>
1: It, it kind of is a trick question. There's, there is nothing that I have come across in conversation that I don't that I that I don't want to talk about. Um, there was a podcast that I did, and I won't give it away, but it was about my lesson in forgiveness. It was a very deep and um, at that time dark story. I will go to any realms of my life experience and bring up whatever I know, whatever I don't know, and I will have a conversation about it. Um, And I find that more recently, what's been interesting is um, the conversation around politics. Now, I found out that I'm very neutral. So people can bring up all facets of politics. And I will just hold the space and have a normal conversation, and they'll leave, and I'll leave, and nothing uh, is tampered with. Um, I will say I do have a limit on conspiracy theories; like I, I can only take about ten minutes at a time. Uh, yeah. It's just my brain, you know. I'm um, I a mean, huge sci-fi net. so my brain just sometimes has a very wild imagination. So I like to limit certain time frames within I'm um, within a conversation or something to talk about, but there's literally nothing I would be like, nope, don't want to talk about that. Or nope, yeah. I always have a way of um, thinking of things from whether it's negative or positive and trying to help transcend them. So I'm always available to talk about anything. So there's nothing that I really don't like to talk about
0: hmm oh this is good i
1: i was thinking this. <laughs>
0: i went for a run this, this this morning and i was thinking about empathy and i was thinking mm. about when you when you practice empathy the more you think about empathy the more you kind of see things from other people's perspective can't you um but also sometimes i i found that if you try to think about everything from mm. an empathetic perspective it can lead you into having some weird thoughts, can't you, around like someone that you might think of as bad, but then you hmm. start to think, but I can understand why they acted that way based on the, based on where they've grown up or what they've been taught or the, or their upbringing. Um, yeah. Does that resonate with you
1: at all? It does. In fact, I teach a workshop called How to Become a Racist. And in that workshop, I break down racism from, I start with, from the birth of how racism ever existed in, in our humanity to someone that might be currently racist towards, you know, any group of, of people. And um, to go on a journey like that is to use empathy and compassion. And it's not to validate the um, the act, but to honor the human. You know, there's yeah. this journey that, like I tell people, um, <clears throat> there's never been a time where I've helped birth the baby and the baby came out and they were like, "What are you doing here? Like, get this person away from me." So we're not born this way, and so for me, um, I find that the answer sometimes lies within the actual journey of understanding. And so I I get that, and and, and empathy really does help, um, but it also if you're not careful or balanced with it it can really cause you not to really you know to see the other side and 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 provide yourself with some more context to to the situation yeah. but i i like what you said it resonates a lot very much so
0: yeah no, i think it i think i mean in the uk a lot of us live in london and it's it's really important to get out to the rest of the country and meet other people from different perspectives because you can just end up with a narrow view on the world unless you get out um, i suppose that's what travel does isn't it
1: hmm. yes um i my husband went to things a couple of years back went to ethiopia now my husband is portuguese so he um does not look like most of the ethiopian people that were in the town that are the village that he was in and where he was specifically in Ethiopia was where they were divided between Christian and Muslim. And mm. because no one knew what he was, they didn't know, like, what are you? You know, he was mistaken most oftenly as Muslim. And what he experienced was something really interesting. He was on a bus and the Christians would spit at him. And they and and the interpreters were like, they think you're Muslim. And he experienced something that You know, had he not traveled to another part of the world, it wouldn't in the U.S. That would have never happened. You know, there it's it's just totally different. And then my experiences in Bali, and and I do believe that travel and exposing yourself to the diverse set of humanity is one of the beautiful gifts that you could ever give your life, because humans are so amazing from their experiences to the way that they overcome things, to the way that they um, view things. There's just so much um, beauty in our humanity. And when you travel, you get to see essences of that. And um, there's also another universal translation of food through our humanity, which is something Mm -hmm. that universally ties a lot of cultures together. And then I think it's taking it a step further and just going into more in the depth of how that culture exists and why that exists, you know, once you've broken bread. So, yes, travel is key. There is so much in
0: that, isn't there? A humanity of business, isn't there? Because so much of what makes us human has been stripped out of business, hasn't it? Like, yes. And almost seen as, like, we always talk, because one of the reasons that we use happiness is because it's such a global experience. Whereas employ, if you if you went to some random country in the middle of nowhere and started speaking about employee engagement, people would look at you like you were crazy. But if you spoke <laughs> to these people about happiness, more often than not, no matter what the language is, people can, can you can kind of get across what you're talking about.
1: Yes. Yeah. The uh, when I think about the like the humanity and business and more so that that word happiness which has to do with a lot of different states of emotion or states of um, how you view your happiness as individuals business was never designed to make you happy when businesses were created you think about you know 60 70 years ago i think there was the concept of <clears throat> um, the concept of like bartering and trading and different things like that very early on. And then it came into establishing for profit and, um, you know, real estate, not, and not just talking about land real estate, but just real estate and how, you know, they were the only ones doing this and, and market. And then it just, um, it became one of those lifelong things where, My grandfather's grandfather worked the same exact job until he retired and passed away. So now business has transcended a lot over the years and it's no longer about what it was originally established on, but now it's what our humanity is navigating it towards. It's We want to be happy doing whatever the work is that we're doing. And sometimes it can translate into different things for some people. What makes someone happy, you know, working at um, maybe a fast food place will make somebody the same amount of happiness working in a science lab. So how do you gauge that? It's so individually um, threaded through again, our unique ability of humanity. So I I mean, I am a huge fan of what you and your, your team is doing around happiness. And you're right. You don't go to like you don't go to where my husband went in Ethiopia and talk about employee engagement. They'll be like, uh, <laughs> "That does not make sense here."
0: It's funny. It's funny, Shri, sure, because I was literally just crunching some data before our call, and this is, supposed suppose, this is an exclusive. I was looking. I wanted to to make the point because we we experience we all experience happiness, but what drives happiness changes from country to country. So I thought I would have a look mm-hmm. at America versus Canada. Mm-hmm. Seems it's geographically so close, and yeah. um, for Canadians, so for Americans, clarity is really high up. Um, but um, for Canadians, what's higher is acknowledgement, mm-hmm. which is super. I find that super interesting because what that reminds you is that ultimately you you can't have the same strategy for everyone anyway. But as you move from country to country, the things that people put higher up on that table do change. So understanding the cultural differences of a country or an area mm-hmm. is hugely important yeah and yeah. so sure Scott, last question which i absolutely love i just can't wait i hope i just can't wait to know the answer to this which is at the end of the day comma what matters the most question <laughs> mark
1: so i've talked about this a couple times and I've had a lot of time to think about this and it's a rotating thought for me. Um, It ultimately comes down to looking at this thread of life and thinking about, okay, what will be on my epitaph at the end of the day? And I doubt most people would put their LinkedIn titles on their epitaph. (laughs) I doubt that people will take an excerpt from their resume or their bio, maybe their bio, I don't know, but and put it on their epitaph. So when I think about that, it's combined with this other recent thought that I've had around 85 year old Sharice, which I'm about 40 years out from, wait, did I do math right? Hold on, ish, let's just say ish, don't quote me on the math. Um, and, uh, I think about what would 85 year old Sharice do in current body? And she would not be overly consumed with others' opinions of herself. She would not, um, be reactive. She would gracefully give criticism or, or constructive feedback, um, And whatever was put on her heart, she had the means to do, she would do with abandon. And so what that has taught me is what matters the most is what you were established on this planet to do and to do it with full force and to really think about how not to follow the lines of society and to follow the lines that were threaded within your lineage, your own personal legend. And most people are scraping to figure that out. You know, we live in three buckets, essentially survival, success, and significance. And most people live in those two buckets, the first two survival and success. And they toggle between and usually die within between, between one of them ultimately trying to get to significance. And your your significance isn't something that someone can tell you. It is something that comes from within. And that requires shutting out the outside noise, sitting with what's on your epitaph, maybe going a few years ahead of you and really sitting down and thinking about it and not um, paying attention to what's comfortable, convenient and what you can conform to. And so what matters the most is to fulfill what you have been put here to do and to find out what that is with every being of your body and not worry about what other people say oh this is what you think i remember my dad i asked him what i should be when i there's this assignment from from high school when you're exiting getting ready to go to college and there it's like a career exploratory and my my dad was like you'd be a great administrative assistant and i was like yeah that's what I'm gonna be, I'm gonna <laughs> be that. And I i was great, but that, that was a very hard career to get out of, mm. to, to be seen as just that. And had I known maybe a little bit more about myself, I probably would have taken a different route, but I'm grateful for the path that was there. So allowing other people to tell you what they think you should be is, is really challenging. I don't even do that to my kids. I'm like, you are an individual human. How can I guide you? Where do you want to be? You want to do this? Fine, let's do it. You want to go there? Fine, let's do that. And um, I believe it's my role for them is to give them as no- enough room to make as many mistakes and as they possibly can and be there to help them build coping mechanisms for their resilience because they're going to fail. That's something in life. So back to the question, the answer is um fulfill with every part of your being what you've been put here to do is what matters the most at the end of the day
0: well sure is i think rather than it being on your epitaph they should just listen to this podcast and (laughs) and, and, because what was what's fascinating i don't know if you're aware of this from listening to you 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 have this ability to step out of your body and imagine yourself you Mm -hmm. time traveling backwards forwards and see yourself from from a different perspective are you are you aware of that sharice or is that something that, that that i've just imagined
1: um my mom has mentioned this to me before and someone else has said the same thing a few people actually so i am i do believe that that is a gift that i have and um in some forms i'm able to do that for other people too but it's not my job to tell them what i see all the time
0: yeah so Charisse, that that is it, that concludes the episode. I just wanted to say, this has been amazing and I've just, I've learned so much from, listening, from getting your questions and listening to you.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm a huge fan of yours and what you're doing. And so this, you know, if this anyway contributes to the work and the heart work that you are doing, you and your team, I'm, it's an honor and a pleasure and I am grateful.
0: Thank you very much, Therese.
1: You're welcome.